the pictures of blue ball with parts of green, parts of gray, parts of brown. Apparently some part of the uh, Antarctic ice shelf just fell off yesterday. Oh, is that right? That kind of happens yeah, a it, lot now. But this particular portion wasn't supposed to fall off for like 30 more years. And they were like, oops. Oh, oopsie. We lost it. Oopsies. Yeah. Oopsie, ice go in water. I'm like, what's an extra 1.6 feet look like, really, for sea levels? Oh, I think that, that looks, lot? yes, I think that looks pretty fucking bad. I think that puts certain places underwater or damn near close to it. Well, no one needs Florida. I don't know. You know, Miami's one of the, the casualties, and Miami's pretty nice, apparently. I've never been, but uh, people talk highly about it. I feel like I would not have a good time in Miami. I don't know, man. I think you would love Miami. It really seems like your type of town, honestly. Why, why do you think it would be bad for you? I'm not a um to um to loud noises all the time person. If I'm in like tropical paradise, I kind of want it to be fairly quiet. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I don't want a lot of like noise and shit and like, ooh, yeah, party. I'm like, we have ocean and we have pool. Everybody calm the fuck down. That's why you go to Palm Springs for old people, because you just like a quiet pool, not a loud ocean. I like loud ocean. No, I don't even like loud ocean. I like quiet ocean. Who am you I? like quiet kidding? ocean, yeah. Come on, somebody's got a radio at the beach, and you're telling me that doesn't bother you? Oh, I think of 16 different ways to th- make sure they drown when they go into the water, or to disappear the speaker. Oh, yeah. That's good. I never thought about doing that before. Going to Fort Tilden and, you know, waiting till they go swimming and taking the speaker and sending it with them. Or just, oops, I dropped my giant gallon water bucket on top of your, just on top of your speaker. Nothing else. No other of your goods. But your Bluetooth speaker is now truly a blue tooth because it's wet. Blue is becoming a real theme of this podcast already. Blue earth, blue speaker. blue blue balls what <laughs> that's a know. that's a fucking myth that's not a real thing that's not real no that isn't real as far as i know that's not real never had it as far as i can tell okay i no that's just like a myth for like teenage boys to be like come on let me nut and you're like ew gross i feel like teenage boys might actually get it i don't no. know it could have something to do with development i'm not really sure Probably not. They barely they barely dropped like a year before they're trying to like, you know, get off. It's disgusting. <laughs> Jeez. The youth are disgusting. Yeah, you're you're really repulsed by human sexuality and the youth both. Oh, they should mm, mm. Yeah, they should not be no. Mm-mm. The pairing of those two things is will kryptonite. Oh, gross. Gross. Oh. Experimenting with your bodies while you're 15 ew oh no ew. no we save that for our mid-20s and a couple trips yes to the doctor. like normal repressed people jesus <laughs> fucking christ get it together learn how to you know inhabit your body before you want to you know inhabit someone else's temporarily like get it together come on yeah anywho <laughs> okay anyway um <laughs> moving on um i mean uh a friend of the show uh Natalie, I think, desperately wants to talk about Lord when she comes on, the new Lord song. Um, I have not heard the song. I saw the album artwork, which was a pretty crazy, like, fisheye lens upskirt shot. Yeah. And I approved of that, needless to say. Did you watch the music video? I didn't listen to the song or watch the music video. I did hear on another podcast that the song is really terrible, though. Oh, it's... I... Okay, so my... We'll save it, but I have a theory that I think it's in the realm of satire because it's so bad and all the choices lead you to like a send up of like summertime pop song that I'm like, I don't even think this is supposed to be like earnest. I think it's like fooling people into thinking it's earnest. And I'm like, no, I think this might actually horse you back around to like satire of this shit. Hmm. I mean, should we should we table this conversation so we don't steal Natalie's thunder and she can she can let it out whatever Fully she rant, wants to say? Yeah, fine. Because I haven't yes. seen it either, so I'd like I'd like the chance to watch it before we 
dive deep on the post irony of Lord. Oh yeah. You know, well, I don't have I, yeah. I don't I'm have strong feelings like, about Lord anyway. Like I liked that song Green Light from like ten years ago. It was only like five years ago. Oh jeez. <laughs> if that well. if that it was like four. Um uh yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have again my feelings towards like Hot Vac Summer, I'm like, I don't think so. Like I again I just don't think anyone is really like we're living in the like black keys ford commercial slash vampire weekend toyota thon holiday like where everyone's <laughs> like yeah get pumped get excited go out it's summer spend money fuck off and you're like uh what, what? like every messaging is like go spend money go go on stupid trips to like the florida keys fuck a lot so that way you accidentally have kids so that way our birth rate isn't in steep decline like there's a lot of things that i'm like ooh, okay i don't no 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 yeah a lot of it starts to feel like a psyop like it's not it's not like some grand coordinated gesture from a smoke-filled room uh but it is the lining up of a lot of different incentives you know yeah it's a lot of like everyone gets paid except for you all who are you know living and it's like well if you define living by spending fun money on potentially useless shit and like, you know, drinking poolside, I'm like, I, that's not really like, granted, I like those things. One of my favorite things is spending useless money, like money on useless things. It is a fun pastime. However, I don't like when people are telling me like culturally, like, go, oh, yeah, go out and do that. Have fun. I'm like, what that? I decide if it's fun or not. Thank you so much. I, I suppose, but I mean, you do realize that is all the American economy is. It's a consumer economy. I mean, there is nothing underlying it other than frivolous spending on luxury items. This has to happen. You know? Yeah. It's the only thing that keeps the, the global machine turning is the imperial core of America spending frivolously. Otherwise, what is this all for, you know? But I, I I, also get this sense that, like, a lot of people don't even want to do that. Well, I was having this conversation. I went for a hike with my friend a couple weeks ago, just him and I. And we were talking about this because the ramping up again as the COVID restrictions subside comes along with a lot of extra spending, right? Like, all of a sudden, you're meeting people at restaurants again. All of a sudden, you're going to bars again. And, like, we were talking about how nice it was to actually just save and kind of be frugal without um, that being a gesture. Yeah. Without that being something intentional that you sort of inflict on your life and on other people, you could, you know, save your money and be a little bit more responsible. And we were sort of speculating, I wonder if the millennial generation will take anything away from this COVID experience and maybe do that even though things are opening back up. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think also like, you know, becoming a certain age in the next you know what 12 to 36 hours um it's kind of like i do want to choose when i get to like really go all out on something and not have you know poverty by a thousand cuts you know right right yes yes like when you you're just like leaking 40 dollars or 40 to 60 dollars like over the course of the week and you're like where the fuck was that what was that on right i don't know I don't remember it or I remember most of it. And then it gets a little hazy, you know, like I don't really want to do that. That doesn't seem fun occasionally, but again, it's a choice to do it where you're like, I think I'd like to tie one on and go out. Right. Once a quarter, just go ham. Like it doesn't, there's nothing very attractive about like, Oh yeah, everything's open. Let's just do it. I'm like, and there are a lot of people who are like, everything's open. Let's just do it. I'm like, you're going to be real poor real fast. You know, I think part of it is not even really about money. It just feels like a regression to the before times. And it's like, how could anything ever be the same again? Not in like a not in like a lame, regretful type of way, but sort of, you know, all of this cultural rewinding. It oh, doesn't yeah, it's like it doesn't you are feel, not unchanged. It doesn't feel good to do that, and it does feel coercive in a certain way. Um, when all of the advertising and like media is 
telling you to just get back to it, it, it feels false now. Whereas it felt like normal life before. It felt like, oh, that's just the way that things are. So you kind of go along with this current. Now it feels like you're being fed that. Like the lie is sort of on the surface in a way. It's not a thing that um, we should have needed to be told. But I think it is one of the consequences of COVID is, you know, well, constant leaking of money doesn't have to be. That's not just the way that life is. So returning to it doesn't feel thrilling. It feels manipulative. Which, again, as you said before, it always was. But, like, the hand was a little more invisible, and now it's just, like, just out there. It's just like, hey, go do the things. And you're like, I don't like, but I don't want to. I don't yeah. feel like it yet. Maybe I never really felt like it either, if I'm being, you know, more honest with myself. Uh, well, again, I think it's particularly difficult for you and I or, like, our generation right now because we're coming, of, we're not coming of age anymore. We are becoming middle-aged now. So this is just happens to go inside with a life change that would probably trend in that direction anyway. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, I don't really want to be, you know, slowly bleeding cash. I'd rather be like, ooh, big thing where I just, you know, bleed out a, a bunch of it. all. Like, I leave a bunch on the pavement all at once. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about this a little bit. We talked about it once on the podcast, I think, that. I want to have a night in New York when I get back there that is going to Sushi Nakazawa and then going to the cellar. Now, that's like a $300 night. But I would rather have like a $300 night that was really lush and hopefully fulfilling than have five nights at Marco's. That's what we're talking about. Yes. Here, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's kind of like, you know, my, you know, the listeners mostly know that we are going to be aged tomorrow and the next day yeah we should say i i you know until you mentioned it a minute ago i totally forgot that we had back-to-back birthdays so uh happy early birthday Cheers. to you happy <laughs> early birthday to me um, same yeah this will come out on your birthday i believe by the time i get it edited oh yeah so uh yeah this is this is will and i's birthday episode so we can stay with that theme anyway i didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you so aggressively yeah, Mister. I have nothing to talk about. I have I have things to say about aging on this one. Fucking <laughs> pissed. Um, no, like I was in thinking about that, like that that whole your Nakazawa comedy fantasy. I'm like, like those are to me more aspirational kind of instances. They're low level bucket list things, or like even like so. My my plan for either tomorrow or the next day is figuring out where i can get a dozen oysters and the world's coldest martini do that and go home like truly treat yourself quiet time just okay one and done well 13 and done you know sure just a little treat i hope you're not planning to do that alone though yeah but i kind of want to okay if i mean if you want to then you want to there's something very like i don't know I don't mind the whole, like, I'm going to treat myself to, like, a nice, one nice little moment. And I I can be by myself. It can be a little private, like, treat to yourself. Sure. You know? Maybe a dozen oysters is a lot for one person. I don't think so. I think you can handle a dozen. It's no big deal. I can probably, yeah, I can pop them back. Um, Maybe some little necks in there. Um, Like, but, but that little, like, again, the quietude and the, sti- like, the still and just, like, finding that centered you know like i am satisfied and this was a little more pricey than i would normally do for like a treat day not by much it might be cheaper than some of my treat days let's be real but within the realm of feeling good about it and also achieving that headspace where like there's no self-consciousness about doing that alone as like an aging achievement as an aging achievement because otherwise, as a younger person, I would have been like, oh, I don't want to do this by myself. It's weird. Now I'm like, fuck everybody. I do not care. This is what I want, and I will go do it. I'm a big boy. Certainly the allure of having like a big party or a large group get together when you don't have to as you age, yeah, that goes away. Yeah, I don't like it. I you really know, don't. 
I, on the other hand, I mean, I, I, I'm fully supportive of whatever you want to do, but there is something a little bit sad about like celebrating your birthday alone. Oh, I wanted no. This was the real plan. Do a do a float floaty tank, yeah. and then go do that. Oh wow. Well, see, you should do the floaty tank alone because that's inherently a solitary yeah. experience. But then you should do the oysters and drinks with at least somebody else. No, no, you're missing the point. I'm. I. I don't. I don't think that I am. I think that you. I think that you are a little bit. You know. You know. Yeah, as David yeah. Foster Wallace wrote, "Birthdays are a family day. They want to be with you." Ew, gross. You know, I, I think on some level you have to accept that you have no choice in this matter. I mean, you do. At the end of the day, you can ultimately do this by yourself if you want to. But I think it would be more enriching to share it with some intimates. I feel like I'm in a hard disagree, but okay. You can disagree, but I want to. But I want to hear exactly why. Without the pith. What no, is... I mean, even with the pith, like the 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 core is like being able to like go and just be like. Mm. Like knowing what you want to do and not worrying about like, oh, should I like feeling guilty about should I do call someone like, should I do anything else? And it's like, what's the should? Who's what's uh, why? Why why live with the should? What is? Ah, hold on. Sorry, my uh, uh, phone just went off and then the computer it loud. Um cut all of that because that just was like having a seizure <laughs> jesus christ um where was i going with this like uh, it's well the, i would sh- it's the shouldness of it that i'm like i want to reject it's like what one should do i'm like i don't care about what i should do this is what i want to do you know uh, what i'm saying yes i i definitely know what you're saying and i uh, am supportive of that impulse to deny the guilt of what you should or should not do because i never deny the guilt I think you deny the guilt a lot, though. I think you spend a lot of time alone. Um, well, yeah, but I... Here's the secret. It's fucking great. Yes, and I and I know that you like it, but like, not everything is about what you want. Even on your birthday. Maybe especially on your birthday. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, in the most in the most grand philosophical sense, like, you know... I'm not supportive of this idea that you should always do what you want. I think sometimes I think sometimes you need to do what you should do. But I usually always do what I should do. Okay. Uh, like look, I'm not ar- I'm not arguing with you. You can do whatever you you can do whatever you want on your birthday, you know? That's okay, I guess. Um I would just caution you that perhaps y- you could be missing an element of birthdays that is enriching as well. That people around mm. you sometimes want to adore you. And you need to Ew, accept gross. that whether you like it or not. That's and in terrib- fact, it could Ooh, make the terrible ex- impulse. In fact, it could make the experience better. Mm. I don't know about this, but okay. Well, there's a there's a certain sadness point. in intentionally atomizing yourself on an occasion, right? There doesn't ha- it doesn't have to even come with sadness, but there's that isolation need not be. Yeah, but again, like ooh, I don't know. Th- there's something about that that seems like a treat in my in my head i know that's crazy but there's something about it that seems like a treat like it's like like a little secret like can it go be squirrely and go do this yeah i don't want to i don't want to take that away from you i under i understand that completely and it seems like that that you're pretty locked in on wanting to do that so i'm not trying to convince you otherwise if i do it is the other thing it takes a lot of you know mm, getting out the door but that's a that's a different issue well it's i don't know if it is a different issue because you know there isn't any pressure to do anything if you don't have other people sort of coaxing you along oh yeah you very well could not feel like doing that or like i I don't know i'm just imagining when you go and get these oysters and you go and get your martini the revelry that you're having in it in a private situation is very limited you know, because the experience of having oysters and having a very cold martini is fun when you have a fun conversation to go along with it. It's fun when you have someone to remember that event with. What are you going to do? Get the oysters and be on your phone while you eat them, you know? I think the appreciation is sometimes harder to come to alone than it is in a small group situation. Hmm. Or at least with one other person, you know? 
Like, I remember uh, it actually relates. I remember maybe three or four years ago, maybe five years ago, you and I did this. We went and got oysters and martinis on our birthday. I say our birthday, even though it's a day apart. It was on one of our birthdays. And that's a really memorable event to me. Like, I remember doing it. I remember you sprinkling the lemon on the oysters, you know. I remember, I think we went to the beach before, or we went to galleries before. It was something like that. We did something, and then we did that. And it was like, it was really nice. And I'll remember that atmospheric sort of memory forever. But if I had done that alone, A, I wouldn't have done it alone. And B, I don't think I would remember it. Yeah, but I, that's what I'm getting at. The thrill of doing, you know, the thrill of an alone thing is kind of enticing. Yeah, but you can do that anytime, you know? Yeah. You can do that any day of the week that you want to. It's not very special. Not really. I had to, you know, buy myself an extra day off this week. I was like, hi, I'm doing this. I don't care. I want to do one extra day of no workies. Um, and well, so what I do with it, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, what, whatever you do with it is yours. Again, another disclaimer that, you know, because I feel like I'm going to get feedback that says, why don't you let Will do whatever he wants on his birthday? And it's like, yeah, guys, I fucking, I get it. He's going to do whatever he wants. He's not going to listen to me anyway. <laughs> but... Like, but I feel like, the, like the, you know, people have to choose choosing. And I'm like, yes, yes, but that was not that deep. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Then, you, um, you know, but I but I also I also think constantly reinforcing what you want to do is not always the best thing. You know, you're a Catholic guilty person. And I think that your motivations come from uh, avoidance or overcoming guilt. And I'm a melancholic person, and my impulses come from avoidance or overcoming of like sadness or regret. So oh. that's where that's that's the distinction I'm making. That's where I'm coming from in this little dialectic of what to do on your birthday. Is just I I wouldn't want you to. I wouldn't want you to one day regret something. You know. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't experience well, that as profoundly or as often as I do. I, regret is not some bitch that I know. I regret nothing. Yeah. Generally, eh, some things. But, you know, that's mostly just like, ooh, that was an oops. But dwelling on it is not a thing, you know? Right. The The guilty part is how do I make up for that? And then you just do, you try to do that instead. And then just kind of roll from there. Um, and that's... Ah, but there's That's no a very different motivating factor. Absolutely, but there's no making up for something you could have done for yourself in the past. That you cannot rectify because you didn't wrong anybody but yourself, potentially. Mm. So, to turn the mirror, what are you going to do? That's a good question. I don't know. And Maybe you're going to say nothing, and I'll be like, "See, you don't even yeah, have a plan." Yeah. No, I'm I'm feeling very self conscious about this because I'm I'm really mired right now in just a lot of responsibility. You know, like. Um, my dad is moving. I'm helping him paint his new house. I'm trying to finish up working at two other jobs. Uh, I'm trying to move myself. So there's just a lot going on that doesn't involve my birthday, you know? And, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. I talked really briefly about maybe going to dinner with my dad, which would be nice. Hopefully we'll have time to do that, but I don't know if either of us will have time. Um, especially him. Uh, my friends, we might hang out, but it'll be the day after my birthday, you know, Friday night. But those plans are not very concrete either. They're just sort of in the air. So I really don't know. Um, and I am, I think, I think we're both on the same page with this. I generally don't like to celebrate my birthday or make too big of a deal of it. Like, I will glom on to other celebrations. And this was always easier in the context of, like, you and Kate and people in New York. There was a whole cluster of gemini birthdays that made it very easy to just avoid the situation and still be celebrated in the afterglow of somebody else's thing but i don't have that this time um and you know for me it's my jesus year so in some vague abstract like very woo way it feels meaningful and it feels particularly strange to not do anything for it, but maybe that's. You saying I gotta go buy some nails and send them to Ohio, or like what? what? 
Well, I don't know. Two it by just, fours are very expensive. It can't be plywood. We know they that. are. I mean, did you see that meme of a thousand dollars of wood two years ago versus a thousand dollars worth of wood today? And the pile is no, like but one saw, tenth the size. No, I saw the the thing with a vintage Porsche and then a leaning thing of plywood, and someone's like, "Oh, look, I found gold." Mint condition plywood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, no, it's it's not that um. It's not that anything needs to be significant, but it does feel like a certain ki- type of milestone. Like in the same sense that when you turn 25, you can rent a car and everybody kind of jokes about that as like your last achievement of having a birthday. The Jesus year feels analogous to me where it's like, it's not a real m- milestone by any means, but it does have sort yeah, of Yeah, what are you vague... starting a cult? Is this yeah, what you're saying? Yeah. You're going to start a cult? No, God. I mean, what do you think this podcast has been trying to do? It's been very unsuccessful, but... Very bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> can you? But no. I I can't do any magic tricks. You got any? Mm, can I do any magic? Tricks? Can you do the no, thing with the quarter I, behind people's ear? I never understood that one. I mean, I think you're just holding a quarter in your hand, and no. then you put it behind your ear, and it comes out. I mean, it's a trick. Huh. It's a trick for four-year-old children. Well, it's not really. It's not the most sophisticated thing. You could never figure it out. I mean, you just have it in your hand. You hear that? You hear that? Catholics hand. suck it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't really do any magic tricks. But yeah, anyway, so I don't, I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of the coming birthday. I mean, other things, other things in the world just seem more significant. And also, like, I'm genuinely just trying to take everything a day at a time, and I don't, I don't really fixate on it that much. I don't really think about it that much. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I I find, and this is also on my. Well, we'll get to the other thing. Um, I don't know. There's something about, like, I love the hour in the day. It's the day. It's like a little bit before kids get out of school, and before people start coming home from like early shifts of work, where like, the neighborhood is almost completely silent, and you just hear birds and like wind, and no traffic even really, and it's this it, you know that you're in a metropolis but it's completely kind of still in this really beautiful way and i just want like to bottle that and then drink it so i'm that's my plan you know what i mean like i just want that level of still yeah like i value that now in a way that i don't know i don't think i ever did before yeah interesting i mean i don't know what to make of that how does that relate to the birthday thing or maybe it doesn't I mean, like, because, like, in, you know, when you have, like, early summer birthday time, it's kind of like you're like, okay, we're kicking it off because it's, like, also, like, the weekend before, like, uh, summer solstice. So it's usually, or you go and, you know, you go and get shitty on, like, the longest light day of the year, right? Right. Like, it, like it's a lot of things align, and but that's not very, that's, there's no, that's a lot of, you know, to get woo. There's a lot of cosmic fuckery going on probably at, at that time, too. I don't know. sure um but i would guess yes anytime there's sun and moon shit people act people act but we'll just say that um but to just have the the kind of like being able to hear a little bit of a breeze and see like a little flutter in the curtains you're like oh still the still time is here and you get 20 minutes of it a day if you get to notice it and it's just is that zen when you're just like I, there's nothing, but I feel the things. I pay no, I pay a little bit of attention to them, but in my paying attention to them, I meet their energy level. Is that a thing? I don't know if it's Zen, but that's certainly a thing. Uh, I, I'm sure, like uh, m- more mindful people than you or I could probably tell us. Um, but yes, I, I really. Well, I'm chasing that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, I I really appreciate that same sort of feeling. Like, um, one of the things I've been enjoying over the last couple of weeks as the weather's gotten steadily better and more beautiful here is just I'll go outside and I'll set up one of my dad's little lawn chairs and I'll just read outside around this hour. Because believe it or not, even in the suburbs, uh, there's a similar phenomenon. Um, It's around 730 uh dusk. yes dusk let's say yes dusk. and no I, I would agree that it happens ar- around dusk too but the thing is i always thought of the suburbs as being much quieter than the city as having um 
more opportunity for the type of moment you're describing, but that isn't true at all because there's constant yard work, there's constant construction, there's constant cars going in and out. It's a different soundscape completely than an urban center, but it's just as cacophonous if you're in tune with it. And so there is only these 20-minute windows at whatever time of day where I can go outside and read and really appreciate these little things like the way that the light is casting or the fact that I've sat still for long enough that a deer or a rabbit comes into the yard or something. And you really zone in on that type of energy. And hopefully, if you're in the right state of mind, you do meet it, right? That That is true. In, in suburbia land, because there's not a lot of stuff to absorb all of the backfire, backfiring cars and like the endless kind of mowing, I'm always I'm always kind of a little bit surprised that in like the suburbs that well there are in you know on the east coast where it's like no you have hours where you can cut the fucking lawn so it's not just a fucking fest for the entire day right like in Connecticut you can only cut your grass like on certain hours of certain days that makes a lot of sense more more communities should subscribe to that Because around here, it's a constant din of lawn mowing somewhere on the block from 7 a.m. until 9 p.m. I'm not kidding. I know. And it's insane. And the people who do it at noon, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You are going to get sunburned. But people love that shit. They love a farmer tan there. Well, we're getting in the weeds about this particular thing. But what happens here now is I've noticed a lot of people work from home. So the lunch hour din of I have an hour off and I'll cut the grass because it only takes 20 minutes. You know, the noon hour is consumed with yard work. That used to be the quietest time. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine how different it would be if people were all going to offices, but that doesn't happen anymore. Everybody works from home now. Well, until September. Yeah, perhaps. But I don't know if that's true. I mean, my dad's been working from home for almost 10 years. Like, That's true. I think a lot of... Around here, there's not the uh, same incentive to get people back to the office because the offices don't cost as much. So keeping people at home actually doesn't really matter so much. Oh. Yeah, apparently uh, it was Morgan Stanley, the guy who runs it, who also looks like a cartoon villain, um, was like, if anyone wants to, to you know, stay at home after September, we're going to have to talk pay cuts because fuck them. Like, if you're, if you're not coming into the city or you don't live in the city, why am I paying you city prices? And I was like, you know, you, mu- you, you got something there. But that just means more money for you. So that makes you an asshole. Yeah, no, I mean, he, they don't have anything there. I mean, if, if, what they're, if what they're operating on are people's productivity numbers, it shouldn't really matter one way or another. What they should do yeah. is jettison the office space and let everybody work from home. I don't really understand this impulse other than being punitive so that they can surveil people. Like, that's what they actually want, is power over well, them it's, it's also lives. like, you know, the value of, like, a skyscraper that you own 40 floors of, the value of that drops if no one's going there. It's wildly unattractive if it's unused. Yeah, that's correct. So, I mean, the things You know, are, they're protecting their own investment. Of course. The, things are, the things are correlated, yeah. And it's like, well... You got a lot of broom closets. I don't know. Like, you never really needed that many C-suites. Yeah, probably not. Is what I you're mean, learning, you know. You know, yeah. The, I was going to say inability, but the, it's not really inability to adapt. It's the refusal to adapt is what's kind of interesting about it. <laughs> Rather than retool your business for a future economy that's coming anyway, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And... Like at the end of the day, like if the logic is, well, how do we how do we train new people and how do we train the interns? It's like, well, maybe those interns won't have to be douchebags and have to be like self-motivated and not just like little fails on children who didn't have a creative impulse, you know? Well, they will still be that. But like if their job that they're aspiring to eventually get is a work from homeable job, then they can be trained from home also. Yeah. Again, it just comes down to wanting to surveil people and wanting to make them commute, I think, because it it does just exert additional pressure on their lives that keeps them more reliant on the job they have. 
Oh, I mean that work work from home strife is happening in a lot of companies right now and kind of all over the place for for this reason because a lot of people are saying like I liked spending time with my kids or like if you want me to work from the office like I'm quitting my job and finding one that'll just let me work from home like this kind of dynamic in these you know upper middle class to upper class jobs is going to work itself out and I think the work from home side will probably eventually win because smart companies realize that you just need to liquidate your real estate assets uh, more or less take the cash you can get and then the expense of working from home uh, just falls on your employees anyway it's kind of a win-win for them i don't really understand i mean the building asset is worth more than the pennies saved of you know letting people expense $250 on home office equipment. Yeah. Like, oh, here's $1000 set up your home office. Oh, wow, this is great and you're like that just saved me lifetime $130,000. Sure, that's a fucking win. Yeah. I mean, you whose know. perspective are you speaking from the business owner right now? Yeah. Yeah. If someone works for a company for 8 years, you're saving $130,000 by giving someone $1,000 once, like a stipend yeah. for office. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think this is always easier uh, for startups and newer companies to do right now because they don't have the capital investment in the real estate itself. Like, you know how McDonald's is mostly a real estate business, not really a food company? Like, their uh, business plan, the, the movie The Founder really gets into this. This was this guy Ray Kroc's actual genius was that the business model is owning the land and then renting it to the franchisees and making that rent. Um, not making oh, they money rent? from burgers. Yeah. They own the real estate and then they rent the land to whoever owns the franchise. That's how it works. Oh, So I think bigger and more longstanding businesses all eventually ended up doing this. I mean, that's why the 40 floors for Morgan Stanley in a, in a skyscraper matter is probably because they own them. Yeah. And they need a return on that investment to the subsidiaries that they rent them to or whatever. Um, so you can't easily recoup those costs by having people work from home, but the startups can effectively accomplish this because they don't have the capital investment in um, real estate yet. Well, they're all renting spaces. They didn't yeah. buy anything. So they don't care. They're just saving money. But companies that have bought and invested, like, say, your progressive insurance, for example, and you build a huge complex, like, yeah, you need people to return to the office because you have sunk costs now. And that's not getting sold to somebody else easily because you built it to purpose for your business. Eh, kind of, but all suburban offices look the same. I don't know. It's same thing with even startups. Like, the only startup office I ever was in, I was like... It just looks like someone, like, shat out half of an Ikea in here. Well, yeah, because they probably literally did. Yeah, it's just like, here's your literal hollow core door, like, long barn tables. You can put two little, like, one person doesn't even get a whole table. They get, like, a halfie. And their little Mac set up, or no, it was, a, it was like a PC thing, so they could, you know, interface with customers and answer their questions. And I'm like, hmm. And all you got to do is send emails all day? It seems like people don't need to come to Dumbo. It's kind of a bitch to get here from anywhere. Yeah. So why? They're like, because we're in Dumbo. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Who cares? You sell toothbrushes. Suck a dick. So we'll never be sponsored by Quip because I hate them. <laughs> well, I guess okay. what we're saying here is that's, that's why you should appreciate uh, beautiful moments. Yeah, enjoy the quiet time. Yeah. You know? Because <laughs> you don't work enjoy for Quip. <laughs> and don't sell toothbrushes. Um, you know what's just fine? Some bristles on a stick. Who fucking cares? Um, no, I have I an electric know. toothbrush, and I'm a devotee of it at this point. It is better than... I almost bought one the other day. I was like, can I just have one that like does the buzz buzz? I don't know if I'm doing this right. Well, here's the thing. That's that's the dirty secret is all you need is the lowest grade electric toothbrush. You don't need a fancy one. You don't need one from some advertisement on a podcast that costs $300 that you can pay in 70s installments of seventy nine ninety nine or whatever. You just need the Oral-B one that costs 50 bucks 
and it'll do you. Yeah, I I just don't like the idea. Like, I don't like the idea of any of these new new gen subscription grooming moments where it's all about like now you're locked into our thing it's like tupperware where like you can only get the one thing from the one place and you can't like get like generic replacements for the replaceable part yeah yeah i'm like this is just every like home selling thing again oh that's what all these things are yeah of course they're all just multi-level marketing schemes on some level yeah like you you just stop doing that or you buy the knockoff on Amazon. Yeah. I don't know why we're, why I'm bitching about this, but this does bother me. Or would subscribe to what things you've never bought or would subscribe to nor would subscribe to. No, no, no. Like again, it's like, it's like Mary Kay or like fucking Avon. I'm like, what? But then you're stuck in Avon land. Why the fuck? Why? Why? So you can have, like, the concept of, like, a Tupperware party baffles me that it was ever a thing. Yeah, I don't know. My mom used to do that. She did a thing called Stampin' Up that sold markers and rubber stamps, and they would do parties and sell them. I don't know. I don't think people, <sighs> I don't think people that did those things were necessarily even aware that they were MLMs. It was more just, like, a fun thing for bored suburban people to do. It was like a sanctioned activity that it gave you an excuse to get together and drink white wine or whatever. Kind of, yeah. Only the real sociopaths were like the people with the pink Cadillacs or whatever that would take it really seriously and actually try to extort their friends for profit. Most people were just doing it as a lark. Yeah, it's very weird. It's it's got a it's got a mid century flair that I don't like. It's like the door to door door to door air conditioning salesman. Well, that was the. That was the genius of those things is they eventually realized that if you made it into an activity like uh, Betty putting out the Heineken and doing a tour around the world, you had an immediate in that didn't seem as nefarious or slimy as a salesman showing up at the door. You made people ambassadors rather than making them salespeople. Well, that's just influencer marketing now. Yeah, of course. It's the same thing. It is the same thing. Which also infuriates me to no end. I'm like, who are these people? And I don't care. Like, I don't get it. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of leaning uh, to circle back to the age thing. I feel like I'm aging out of understanding how parts of the world work because I find them to be wildly un- ineffective. But people throw cash at it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, if you can explain to me why children have TikTok houses... I don't get it. Like what for for what for who what for why? Like because you don't want to pay like like non-equity actors to star in your commercial so you can just give someone a product and like $15,000 and they'll just keep making little teeny tiny ads for you. Well, yeah, for the company it's a much cheaper investment than having to hire some like A-list talent. Like in the past they would have had to hire an actual celebrity um, get a team of writers to write up an actual like 29-second commercial, uh, produce the whole thing, shoot the whole thing, pay for airtime. I mean, you're talking about millions of dollars of investment for, you know, probably a similar ROI. But now, yeah, it's much cheaper to just pay somebody who organically, on their own, developed a, th- a, a following of a few hundred thousand people you throw them 20 grand, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. And they produce, direct, write, and star in the ad for you. And also, you don't have to pay for airtime because these services that they're. It's on a platform. These platforms yeah. that they're putting things out on are just surveilling all the data and taking that and making it into more ad revenue. Which it is why, like, it, you know, you're in Ohio, so you see, like, maybe more normal ads. They're honestly the worst things I've ever goddamn seen. Well, I think like they're, they're like think late what, night cable ads where they're like, ooh. Well, yeah, but I think what's going on spoken here and that is sort of dogging the conversation is that you're just not in the target demographic for these things. The reason they seem foreign to you is that you are not the target audience. You're not the demo. But even when I see like ads for things that I like, I'm like, why am I getting an ad for it? You know, I'll find out. Like, you know, I'll see it. We don't. We don't need to like. Zeh. 
like stop it like don't do a poorly edited video for candles like it's pretty bad like i i just show me a picture and i'll be like no that sounds fun don't do a thing where it's like we're cool and i'm like whoa you're this is too much well again you're not you're you have aged out of the target demographic or you're aging out of it that's why you're feeling that's why you're feeling this friction it doesn't appeal to you because it's not supposed to or is it possible that like i don't know like as you get older do you get less susceptible to these kind of things I don't know. No, I don't think so. I I, I don't I, think so either. That's why I'm like, I, I don't know. Hmm. I, I think you're ultimately very susceptible to these things because you talk about the Instagram ads and the algorithm quite often, you know? They do stick but, with you even in your hatred of them, which is probably part of their intention. Which is, well, most of the time it's just like, here's the thing. And I'm like, oh, that's a thing I wouldn't have normally chosen. Okay. But when it's like, here's a thing that you already like, but we're going to do a 37 second like audio visual immersion i'm like ooh, maybe not that i don't like that that's like it mm, mm. but they do know mm. that you like the product so even just the gentle reminder of it and the fact that it sticks in your brain enough to complain about it in a public forum i mean you advertise oh, for yeah. these things for free accidentally all the time oh yeah that's true if if it was if it was truly ineffectual and it truly didn't work on you it would just be uh beneath contempt yeah, but fetching is so effective because then you don't think about it. No, you think you think about it too much to the point where or it's you boring get bitterly, to talk about <laughs> bitterly yeah. entrenched about it. Yeah, you do. Mm, perhaps. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Hold on. What What was this? Um. Yeah, the note that I had was uh, about aging. Was do you feel as a someone aging do you feel better with age or better slash, in what better in what sense i don't know well i was like you know two glasses of wine on, a, on an empty stomach and just thinking about things i was like i'm in not the best shape of my life but i feel very confident in the body that i have which is very strange i never feel that way you know as a bald pudgy faggy i'm like why do i feel confident this should not be the case i should be very self-conscious but i'm like i give no shits like is that like how do you arrive at that as or or if you're self you know in an age where you're self-conscious like how is there like a timer where you're just like i don't care anymore or is that not a thing have i made that up in my brain where i'm like "Mm, what is this i don't know i think it would i think it just depends on what type of person you are i mean i feel you're on your fitness journey so like uh, yeah, well, Jesus, man. Oh, or God. or not. I haven't or worked out in a while. on the <laughs> Oregon yeah, I, Trail of... I, I did. S- somebody traded me for 10 oxen and 100 bullets. <laughs> um, you got human trafficked on the Oregon Trail? No, I, that's just to say that I... I don't know. I sort of... Maybe I'm arriving at where you are. It'll It'll be another few years before I truly don't give a shit. But I definitely don't feel confident. I feel very self-conscious about my body. And I am worried. I have this constant thought that I'm like, if I don't get my act together soon, this is the last chance I have to like have a decent body. I'm verging on the space of the Louis C.K. joke where he's like, I work out to maintain this. And he grabs his belly. Oh. You know? Like, I'm getting to that point where I'm like, it's never going to get any better than this unless I work really hard right now. Like your early 30s, you could still get it together, you know? Yeah, that's true. But by the time you're in your late 30s or early 40s, it's over. Whatever you have at that point, you're stuck with pretty much. Huh. And so that that is my who... const, that is my constant anxiety. I know that there are always outliers to this rule, but I'm speaking in general. I understand that it's a generality. I know that there's people that get it together, but 99% of people, once they're 42, are that way until they die. Oh, yeah, that's true. Unless becoming geriatric uh, shrinks them and makes them lose weight or gain weight, right? I mean, let's just be honest about it. Like, there are always exceptions to every rule, but in general, that's true. And so that's what I worry about body-wise. In other ways... um. I feel more, I don't know if I feel more confident. In fact, I don't feel more confident, but I also think that 
a certain sense of humility has crept into me where I'm like, I'm okay with being the level of smart that I am. Or I'm okay with being the level of creative that I am. Like, these things are not going to dramatically improve in the future. And I've accepted that, and that's okay. My mental plasticity is declining, you know? Like, after the age of 25, you stop expanding, and you can maintain a certain flat level of, like, intellectual growth for a while, and then it will decline. And I've definitely entered into the phase where it's flattened out. It's more difficult to learn things than it used to be. Um, it's more difficult to be convicted about things than it used to be. It's more difficult to be interested in things than it used to be. Um, but that's not necessarily... I think what you're describing is depression. But <laughs> eh. ah, but I've had that for a long time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah, like, it's, it's not It's just hard to that. be interested and to care. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we know well, but no, is. as you get older, it genuinely does become harder to do those things because the, the day-to-day mi- rigmarole um, becomes more pervasive and more vital because now you have things to lose. When you're younger, you have fewer things to lose. As you age, you have more things to lose. And preservation becomes more a part of your life than expansion does. I mean, the sad part is you fully glitched out while you... A- a- achieved your point so i'm just gonna kind of uh figure out what that was um but yeah i i guess yeah there is a certain level of like sandbox creep where it just gets a little smaller in terms of what's in your your what's on the little dunes that you're in you know yeah but i don't i don't i i don't think that that has to be the case i think at a certain point you can also just be like well this is a sandbox i'm aware of are there other sandboxes well i would say that the opportunity to switch into different sandboxes to play in different idioms becomes more and more difficult it's not impossible you can absolutely do that as you age um but the thing to me that seems like actual growth is saying that this is my sandbox and I'm comfortable with that. I want to mm. get to I want to experience the m- maximum vitality that this sandbox can provide me. Interesting. The the cliche is just like it, it's you, you want to be the most successful version of yourself. You don't want to be the most successful artist. You don't want to be the most successful dancer. You don't want to be the most successful musician or business person in the world. You just want to be the best version of yourself. That's really what I'm talking about here. Is like the sandbox that you've arrived in or this multiple sandboxes if you're exceptional. You just want to perform as best you can within them. You want to build the best sandcastles you can in those boxes with the remaining time you have left. Yeah, but that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, I don't know if it's just about the 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 box shrinking. It's like, I don't know. Sometimes you got to change the shape of the sandbox. Sometimes it's just you know, some two by sixes on the ground. Sometimes it's the green turtle with the shell lid. You know, I I, I don't think it's about. I think it is hard to know that you're in your, you know, where the walls of your sandbox lie. That's that's a. Uh, that's a discovery moment for your 20s, you know, sure. to be like, yeah. what is the sandbox that I actually am in? Because you're like, I don't know. I don't know shit about fuck. And you're like, no, sh- duh. You're, again, what are you, 29? Fuck. No, no. Um, no one knows anything until you realize that you absolutely know nothing about anything. And then you're like, okay, let's let's Helen Keller the walls of this sandbox a little bit and figure out where the water is, you know? Sure. And like, maybe you can put an addition on or change again, change the shape of the thing. I think the walls of the sandbox are time. I think the shape of the sandbox is determined by your position in time and space. You don't really have a lot of agency over the shape of the sandbox that you're in. Um, Discovering what sand is time, but okay. I don't think so. I think I think sand is more like space. Sand is the firmament. It's the thing that you can hold on to. It's the thing that you occupy, you know, when you're sitting in the box. 
the edges of the box that you have to find are just the way that time shapes your life as it goes by. And you discover whether you're sitting in a plastic tortoise or whether you're in a rectangle of two by sixes uh, or whether you're on a beach as time goes by. You discover those perimeters. They shape uh, what we mean when we say middle-aged or when we say teenaged or when we say adolescent. Those are shapes of boxes. Hmm. And you sort of root around in them and discover the shape. You don't know it a priori. You're not outside the box. You're in it. I like this idea of that. The like high next tier thing is you're not in a box. You're on a beach. I think that is actually the the closer, the clearer metaphor for how you know the range of your life operates. Yes, I think ideally you don't feel constricted anymore by time passing. Yeah, because that's like a. You, you don't you notice the movement of it but you don't know what's getting either recharged or uh taken away by the surf you know right well and that's and actually to me that's the closer thing of time it's like no that's always churning and sometimes you get more stuff spit it back on you and then sometimes things get taken like that's the the cycling of that is never ending so like are you aware of the parameters that you lose or gain to that Right. And the acceptance of that limitlessness. Or no, it's not the limitlessness. It's the oh, that's constant. That is unchanging. That that process is always happening. Yeah. What results from it? That shit can change all the time. Who knows? Going to get a jellyfish one day. Oh, fuck, it's a whale. You know, like who knows what's going to land in your box. Ew, gross. Um ladies. <laughs> And that's why teenagers shouldn't fuck. You don't know what's going to land in your box. It's probably unwashed. Uh, Welcome back to AM42069 with Will Laughlin. <laughs> Frankfort, Kentucky's number one conservative radio station. The children should not be fucking, sucking, or touching. And especially on toes. We have no room for shrimpers here in Kentucky. We have no natural bodies of water. We are landlocked. <laughs> I love that your conservative radio person voice is a woman. <laughs> Her name is Peggy Jean. Peggy Jean Nelson. And she will not stand for these children to be out in these streets. Putting tongues in places that God only imagined as an exit. <laughs> the front or the back oh jeez the front <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's BJ's. that's signifies something bad you don't you gotta lick the pistol, you know oh why did you have to <laughs> say that <laughs> you were confused I had to explain uh, <laughs> I've been this loopy for the past yeah, you're, four days <laughs> you're pretty loopy man <laughs> I worked for 13 hours on Saturday so I'm like I was destroyed mentally from then on out. Oh, I was like, wow. huh? Hi. What's going on? Um, Peggy Jane comes out. Kermit comes out. I don't know what the fuck. Like, the, the cast of characters in my head. Again, not alone drinking a martini and having oysters. There's a cacophony of crazy people just banging around up here. Uh, that's why I think you should contact your IRL friends and maybe <laughs> get, out, get out of the mind palace for a couple of days. It seems uh, like it would be good for you. I mean, it. Provides... I was social on Friday. Damn it! I I, right. I did a good thing. Um, but listen, we need your character work on the show. I always appreciate uh, the range of people swimming around in your brain parliament. But um... where do you think? Where do you think <laughs> they get churned up? But at the same time, I think it would be good for you to get out a little bit, maybe. <laughs> The, there's you know i got a whole writer's room of uh, chimpanzees with typewriters up here just you know clanging away and yeah that's what they say you put enough chimpanzees on enough time uh typewriters on a long enough time scale and eventually they'll come up with peggy jean frankfurt kentucky's number one conservative radio host. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy remind me to uh record a, a peggy jean five minute diatribe i'll see if i can actually write that <laughs> um I'm All right. right. Ooh, 
That made I, me a little okay. Yeah, feeling, <laughs> I'm I a little that, moist in the eyes for the giggles. Oh boy. Okay, I'm feeling things. Okay, great. I think we or should. It, I think we should stop right there is, and pick okay. up the after show. All right. Um, All right. Wait, Twitter. Follow it. Thanks. All right. Buy 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 our merch. We don't have any. Follow the Patreon. <laughs> Follow the Bye. Patreon. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, follow the Patreon. Thank you so much. You can pay a dollar now. I didn't know about this. You always good. Ha- yeah. You always good? Yeah, you always good. Fuck, I don't know anything about the Patreon. Just give us money. Thank you. Bye. Right, bye. Bye.